0: The Hornets did the one thing they couldn't do. They got embarrassed for a second consecutive play-in game. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Hornets Podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In the minute, we laugh. We laugh. it's locked on hornets we're part of the locked on podcast network your team every day today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before i'm laughing at you doug uh yeah the face the face Just, i'm sure is is what I don't know. everybody I don't know is what feeling right now
1: it's brutal Just trying to trying to do my best to uh, I don't know, emotes um, channel the frustration that I have, but certainly that the fan base has with the Charlotte Hornets getting obliterated for a second straight play in tournament this time to their I-85 rivals, the Atlanta Hawks. How, 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 how? could they let this happen again?
0: How? That's the question. Thanks for following us on Twitter as well. Walker Mail, Doug Branson LOA show handle on Twitter, is locked on Hornets. How? Look, Doug. The Charlotte Hownets. <laughs> it happened again. Like <laughs> nobody expected this to happen again. We had Brad rolling on. You know, we 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 talked about how this was going to be a fun game. I went on with Fellow Tegna friend, Nick Carboni on WCNC yesterday, he Mm -hmm. asked me, what is the thing you trust most about the Charlotte Hornets? You know what I said? I said, I trust that the Charlotte Hornets are going to score. Offense is not going to be a problem in this game. Hornets score too much. Top 10 offense, barely worse than the Atlanta Hawks. And if it's not really working for them in the half court, at least they'll get out and run and provide some opportunities and transition. Scoring won't be a problem. It's all going to be about stopping the Atlanta Hawks from scoring. doesn't matter. Second half, they just get destroyed in the third quarter specifically. I mean, there's, there's so many different things to dissect, to talk about. The offseason starts today, so it's going to be brutal. I'm going to be over there for exit interviews, and the morale is going to be at an all-time low. Like let, let, Let's start here, Doug. Let me ask you this question. I was asked this yesterday. If this loss for the Charlotte Hornets... Was worse than last year's loss to the Indiana Pacers. And I said, 100% yes. A thousand percent. A million
1: thousand percent. Thousand percent.
0: A million. I went a million. A billion percent. Infinity beat you. That's, that's how much. Like, it's there's no doubt because no one expected this to happen. I'm not saying everybody expected it to happen last year to the Hornets, but this year you had some baked in expectations. LaMelo Ball's in his second year, Miles is in MIP contention. People are improving. You win forty three games, even with the Atlanta Hawks having done this before, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. It wasn't supposed to happen, and yet it did. And then eventually, you see the final score. The final score is
1: worse. It's worse somehow. How? How? I just That's said my how? question. That's my <laughs> I question. I don't how? know. No. So they, listen, Walker. They put. The last year's embarrassment to the Indiana Pacers—they put that on their practice facility wall. How do you? It, live with we that? made a big deal about that. It was it was what they were focused on, and yet we find ourselves 103. They scored 103 points. Someone posted the you know the picture of that banner, and I said I'm jealous of that 117 points. To be honest, you know I think they could have used some of that offense. Uh, Mark Jackson, who was doing the call on this game, said that offense wasn't the problem for the Charlotte Hornets and i think that was totally wrong it absolutely was the problem mark The fact jackson? That they scored wrong Well, yeah and this by the way this is the guy that a lot of uh, i've seen a lot of our youtube comments calling for to be the next you know possible next head coach of the Charlotte Hornets like get out of here with that dude I golden not...
0: state i mean uh, yeah the 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 underlying stories around mark jackson like where he would just say ah you don't have to practice today and then like try it, yeah, it just like there's a reason. Look, sometimes teams make bad decisions. Whatever, we're not going to talk
1: about Mark. Yeah, action. we can't. We see no. the answers now. Th- this kind of show, we're at so <laughs> there's so much risk of us getting off of topic because there there are so many things, but we uh, have to stay focused on the fact that the Charlotte Hornets uh, really failed to live up to the moment for a second straight year, and I think honestly, this failure. Falls on almost everyone involved with the team. I'm going to say the only person I will spare from judgment today is P.J. Washington, who scored 17, right on my (laughs) prediction, by the way. You you didn't nail it. You you got it so wrong, and yet you got it so right. (laughs) And that's my brand. That's my brand on this show. I get it so wrong while getting it so right. He scores 17 points. He was energetic on the defensive end. He was knocking down shots um, on the offensive end, 7 of 10 from the field. He had three threes. 17 points, six rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks. For some reason, PJ Washington was the only one showing up ready to hit. He wanted it, Doug. Like he was the only one that was patting his chest. I'm here. Like no one else was doing that, and that's the problem. Look, Lamelo was
0: active and didn't have a shot falling right. Like Lamelo had a nice steal where he comes in and does bad the decisions, thing. bad, bad decisions, decisions with the basket, hitting his Look, hold shots.
1: On. So we got it. Go we got to... Well, let's 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 start there. Got to start with Lamelo because that's he's the future slash current leader of the team. What? Listen. 26 points, eight assists, five rebounds. We'll we'll look at that game someday and be like, well, that wasn't doesn't seem like a very bad game. But five personal fouls. He was doing the thing that he has been doing all season, uh, that had really kind of figured itself out by the end of the year. But it's the weird floater that is contested after like a one or two pass possession and then missing that floater badly and then frustrating foul right after that. Take foul, essentially, where you don't need a take foul. The announcers were all over it. You couple that uh, with uh, with a few turnovers. You couple that with the decision at the end of a quarter not to hold the basketball. These are mm. simple things yeah, that yeah. this offseason, LaMelo has. Absolutely has to get figured out because here's the bottom line. I'm a huge fan of LaMelo Ball. I think he's got superstar potential, but he got absolutely outplayed by the Atlanta Hawks. Not necessarily by Trey Young because Trey Young didn't have a great game, but he had a good enough game. He rebounded a little bit in the second half, but this wasn't about Trey Young versus LaMelo Ball. This was about LaMelo Ball versus the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Hawks won that battle.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think the other guys, too, it, as you mentioned, right? It's not just LaMelo. Oh, and I know it not, was not, not just LaMelo. You're, you're not Absolutely saying that. Absolutely not. You're, no, and I know you're not saying that. There will be that. people
1: who comment on YouTube that say that we said it was all about right, LaMelo. Right. It was and, not, but LaMelo is the future of the leader of this team. And fairly or unfairly, he gets the spotlight, and when you get the spotlight, I guarantee you there will be people clowning him, Are already clowning him, on social media, on national media, and saying, hey, Anthony Edwards showed up, where was LaMelo
0: Ball? Mm-hmm. And and Lamelo just not a good game. Just wasn't hitting his shots, and 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 it was it was a brutal night for him. You know, seven of twenty five from the field, four of fourteen from deep. Did get to the free throw line ten times and knocked down eight of them. But by that time, it was just. It was too little too late. And you're right. Like the guys that had any redeeming qualities about them in this one, it was PJ Washington. Of course, I thought Jalen McDaniels did everything he could defensively. Like, it's not like you want, okay, we're going to have to rely on Jalen to score. you relying on Jalen yeah. to score, you're <laughs> yeah. losing. Right, right. Jalen did exactly what he was supposed to do. Montrez gave you the same defensive problems. He's always going to give you, but at least he provided energy in the first. He hit his free throws early. He was getting rebounds. He was <laughs> bailing you out in half court. Oh, like, but other than that, when
1: they Walker, when they went to it, when they brought oh out God. Isaiah Thomas, I knew the game was in a real bad shape. I didn't think the game you, was you, over, but I thought the game was in real bad shape. You mean him missing a
0: shot, getting an offensive rebound and then missing a layup. Did not give you any confidence? You, you didn't get any confidence at all of that. Well, hey, yeah, hey, hey listen, I
1: mean, in fairness to it, he was the only Hornet that finished the game with a not negative uh, plus minus. He finished right at zero. I mean, it I'm not, I'm was not clowning me. it. Yeah. I'm clowning the fact no, that the Hornets, it. the Hornets, should have never had to go to it. But it was clear they were trying to get to use him the way they've been using him all season, which is to provide an offensive punch when the offense was stinky. But look, Rozier. Let's talk about the other players that that didn't show up for this game. Terry <laughs> yeah. Rozier missing open shots and, and and taking some weird shots too. Miles Bridges second 0-4 straight play. From, game for him doing that. Second straight play-in game. I know, zero of four. Miles Bridges, zero of four from three. And honestly, Walker, like he to me, he disappeared until he literally disappeared because he got because he got ejected from the game. But he literally, and we need to dive into that. By the way, maybe that second segment fodder because that's sort of a B story to this um, to this overall loss. But like he disappeared in this game, and this is the player that. Um, you know, they, they have to decide whether or not to give a big contract, maybe even a max contract too. And he's a minus 30 in this game. Finish was 12 points, four assists, four rebounds was just to me, a non-factor. Yeah. Look,
0: I I've been all over the place here. These shows are, are tough to organize, but at the end of the day here, here's where my big frustration comes in, Doug, you know, yesterday, the game plan was to get the basketball at Trey Young's hands. That was always going to be the game plan but it's because it's, it's exactly what they did and it in worked. this most recent matchup where he only scored nine points, right? So they had Mason Plumlee out there. He only played 11 minutes. They were all somewhere they felt early. They were doubling him. They were blitzing him. They were trying to get the ball out of his hands. And then there were wide open shooters. Here's my point real quickly. That's a fine enough game plan. I actually, James Borrego, look. I didn't love that game plan to continue. Like something has to be fixed. The lack of urgency is on the players and the coach. It's a mix, but here's my problem. Kelly Oubre defensively rotates, close out miles bridges, awful close out initially. Like that's my problem. It's defensively with some of these guys, just not closing out on the perimeter and not rotating because you know what the game plan is going to be. put 110% effort like I'm not saying they're not playing hard, but there's certainly not attention to detail on the defensive end to rotate in a timely manner and then provide a nice enough closeout to contest and be ready for a potential drive.
1: Transition defense, Walker, was absolutely putrid. The announcers called it out. I saw it as plain as day, not picking up the basketball, not communicating, no physicality, not meeting anyone at the rim. Just not meeting. Like foul someone. Like show the Atlanta Hawks. That you're not just going to roll over and die. They showed them that, especially they're like opening up the third quarter. Because we have to remember, second quarter, second quarter, they won that second quarter, twenty nine to twenty eight. Were, we're in position. All they had to do was come out in that third quarter. But boy, have we seen that this season. We've seen them come out in third quarters and just lay down. And they did that, and they did it in transition. Once they opened that quarter giving up transition buckets, I knew it was over. I knew the Hornets had decided to lose. Now, I thought James brego had a good game plan in the first quarter to try to limit what Trey Young was going to do. But ultimately, I think if you're, if, the, if the leader of your team cannot get players to commit to transition defense – then I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. Uh, I think they have to look really hard at, again, every level. We talked about this in in the last show, Jake Mm -hmm. Fisher's report. You know, possible shakeup of the front office. What does that mean for James Borrego? I think everything needs to be reevaluated, not just GM, not just coach, but I think this also has to filter down into the decisions you make about who you keep and who you let go. Who's really committed to winning playoff basketball. It, it couldn't happen again the second time. And now that it did,
0: you're right. Everything is going to get evaluated. They're going to shop Gordon Hayward a lot. And that was always going to be true. But now the question is, like, is a Terry Rozier somebody that they're going to try to shake up? Is James brego going to be out? is Mitch Kupchak just going to be forced to resign or is he going to go to a different role? There's a lot to figure out. And you know what? The off season starts today because they just got obliterated Jeez. by the Atlanta Hawks. But online.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. I forgot to do the coming up graphic. I'm sorry, but this is a heated show. And so um, if you want to, do you want to do the coming up thing? Real Here we real? go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel very humdiddly today. I'm sorry. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also do want to talk to you about athletic green. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality. quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things, I actually just got my care package from Athletic Greens. Awesome stuff, they give you this really nice container, really nice storage for you to put all of these Athletic Greens to help your life be a better one and a healthier one. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MBA network. To take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. More shame filled Lockdown Hornets coming up next on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love
1: with him? I think there's still a chance.
0: Yeah, I know. still think a
1: too. Yeah. I think he, uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets
0: podcast. First things first, the Hornets need to go out, get Lonnie Walker, and this won't happen next year. They will get a top
1: six seed. Anyone, anyone that can play defense on if they can play it on the perimeter, if they can play it interior, if they can play it on a house, if they can play it against a mouse, I don't care. I just need someone that is committed to playing defense next
0: season. It's funny you mentioned that, though, because. All of the talk was all about the fact that the hornets don't have a center. and yes, it is 100% true. Nobody is wrong about that fact. I think that is a reason why they couldn't, you know, protect the rim all this year, but even in this game plan, nobody had an answer for Clint Capella. like he had a good game and it was something I'm scared of. I think he had 12 rebounds in the first half and he ended up with 17. Capella was a monster against them. Um, six of nine from the field. So he scores his 15 points. The starting five was awesome for the Atlanta Hawks offensively, except for Trey young who didn't score, but he did the whole, not going to kill you making baskets, but I am going to kill you with these nice times to everybody else,
1: but Hunter killed them. Hunter destroyed them, especially yeah. in that third quarter. I oh mean, yeah. Just basket after basket. And all of that is again, that's physicality. You know, I mean, he was just dri- – I mean, it was a driving layup, and then he hit uh, – Capella hit the turnaround hook well, shot to put and, him up. And, and then also- another driving layup by Hunter, uh, assisted by Capella. I mean, they were just going Capella to Hunter. They just knew – they knew that th- – see, this is what and, – and so many teams have done this to the Hornets this season, especially good teams. Atlanta figured out that, oh, hey, the big lineup that they have that can defend our big lineup can't score because their shooters aren't knocking down shots. And if they go small – They can't defend us. It's a perfect recipe for a blowout.
0: Yeah, well, and then you had DeAndre just from the corner. I mean, DeAndre hit a couple threes, and then they try to have Montrez go out there because they didn't want Montrez defending the pick and roll that was mentioned on the broadcast. And (sighs) then Montrez has to go out to the corner already done DeAndre goes two of three like he only took three three pointers but made a couple of them and so he was effective when he did that and you're right he did destroy them but you bring up just any defensive player right so everybody's talking about as long as the Hornets get a defensive center then I'm good and that's true it's clearly the biggest miss on this roster but I would love a really good wing defender, <laughs> you know, like that would be great. Just defense in general. Like you're, you're absolutely right. When you lead in with that topic, yes, defensive center, no doubt that has to be the number one priority. I totally understand that. I do think also very important to just get guys that are good defensively. I wanted a Josh Hart this year, you know, or like this past off season, like just somebody like that, where. Oh, Josh Hart, big deal. He's not going to come in and fill it up like Kelly Oubre can every once in a while. Yeah, but Josh Hart defends, okay? Like, let's get somebody out there on the perimeter that can go and guard the other person's best player, the other team's best player, and, you know, at least limit somehow. And I I think that's just as important as you kind of let in.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about Miles Bridges, the situation?
0: No, no. I don't. We have to. That's no, what they,
1: they pay us the big bucks to do. Uh, Miles Bridges
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, picks up a technical um the, on a block he he attempted a block. They called it uh, a goal goaltend, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean it was clear goaltend and he was upset about it and um he charged at the referee. And a media uh, luckily tech.
0: like he, just as soon a media as immediate
1: tech that. and then kept talking, got the second tech, got thrown out. He as he's leaving the arena. See, this was a problem. Montrezl Harrell led him out, but didn't lead him all the way out. Like you got. Look, if you're gonna be a wingman, like if you're gonna take the keys, you can't like leave the keys sitting on a table and let the person come back and grab the keys. You got to take them all the way to the locker room. But uh, on his way out, Miles Bridges, there was someone uh, chirping at him and doing uh, this kind of like bye bye sort of thing, and he rips his mouth. Miles Bridges rips his mouthpiece out hurls it towards that person misses and hits a 16-year-old uh young woman in the head and um yeah had had a lot of people uh, upset about that. And he later apologized and was trying to reach out and find uh, that young woman to, I guess, apologize. And I think he said, do something nice. So, so
0: yeah, he, he, and he did that immediately. You know, as soon as, soon as the sure. game was over, now he exits early, but as soon as the game was over, he puts out a quote tweet of the video that was circulating on Twitter and said, somebody help me get in contact with this young mm-hmm. lady. That's unacceptable. So Miles immediately apologizing for it all of the tweeted this out all of this is true you tweeted we, it
1: out or you tweeted it out
0: i tweeted it yeah we're not going to go with any vowel other vowels there because yeah you're be leaving bad. vowels that's
1: how um, that's how upset you are you're leaving yeah. Vowels. Yeah. <laughs> no room for
0: vowels here um but he tweeted it out yesterday and i tweeted this one out where all of this is important that miles bridges threw something into the stands that's not okay We also don't know what the fan said. He also didn't mean to throw his mouthpiece at the young lady. It also doesn't make it okay. Here's my problem with this is that everybody is so quick to come at Miles Bridges and say, well, that's just unacceptable. He shouldn't do that. And we don't know what the fan said. And Doug, there are so many moments in history where especially look, I am going to talk about this where there are racial undertones to this type of discussion Mm -hmm. when we have these white fans, look, Uh, mostly to me, like if you got something else in your brain, then that's fine. But like mostly to me, when we see all of this heckling, it usually comes from white fans that are really close to the court that pay a lot of money that feel entitled to do whatever they want to, because they spent money on this product and that gives them free reign to heckle, to say some foul stuff. I don't know what Mm -hmm. this fan said to Miles Bridges, but this Mm -hmm. is a black league. Okay. And so when you have a lot of black players that get heated in the battle in competition like anybody would, then they lose their cool. Miles Bridges lost his cool in an embarrassing Uh loss the second one in a row. Can't charge the ref. No problem with the ejection. No problem Uh with Miles Bridges being visibly upset. Sure, you'd love for him to keep his cool, but then when the white fan that it so often is starts to heckle black player Miles Bridges, so often there have been some really foul stuff Thrown and hurled at that player, and everybody is quit. Well, it doesn't matter. The player just has to deal with it. So easy. It's so easy for people to say that. Maybe the fan was just heckling him. Maybe the fan was just waving goodbye. We'll see you later. Miles has to keep mm-hmm. his cool. But let's not act like Miles is this huge bully that is deciding to throw stuff at little girls in the stands where, oh, it's still a bad look. You know what? I think it's a bad look for that fan. Who's going going like this? Palms up in the air like he didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean it was like it's it's an awful look there as well. So I think Miles handled it really poorly as he's exiting right. the stadium. I also think he handled it really well pretty immediately. Hey, unacceptable! I apologize. He can't do it. No one's saying it's okay. No one is saying to throw the mouthpiece and that it was deserved based on whatever the fans said. I'm asking for some understanding here. And then accepting that it's not okay. That's I, I just I hate when that stuff happens. I hate talking about it because it gets out of control with everybody just wanting to cast their judgment as soon as they can on this player.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you laid you laid pretty much everything out there for the conversation. So yeah, um, I don't you. I don't I don't have a ton to add other than you know you can't throw stuff in the stands. I mean that's just bottom line. Uh, right. And I think. I think this season there I think what, what it brings to mind for me, if if anything, is that there has been a pattern this season of um a frustration among Miles Bridges and getting technicals in, in tough situations, time and possess- not recognizing time and possession, not recognizing, you know, a score being tight and getting a technical that hurts the team. And I think, you know, when you're looking at the offseason and things to improve upon and things to clean up, I think if Miles Bridges wants the big contract and wants the ball in his hands in big moments and wants to be a leader on this team, then you have to act like it. And you have to act like it in tough moments. It's not good enough to be a leader when things are going well. You have to be a leader when things are going poorly. Um, and I agree with everything you said about, um, you know, fan jackassery and um, and <laughs> right. all of the stuff that you went over. I agree with it. But I'm just, from the perspective of for team leadership, you have to show it in the tough moments, and um, you're totally among right. all of the tests, among all of the tests that were failed last night by the Charlotte Hornets, that was one of them.
0: You're, you're totally right. Miles has, you know, dabbled in the technical fouls a little more this year. I don't have the numbers. I didn't do the research on that, so maybe I, I'm wrong. But it does feel like Miles. This, has chi- this more team,
1: and, and this is about Miles Bridges, but it's about really the entire team as well. This team lacked a maturity. Such that I felt they were ready to even compete in a playoff series. Yes, it was about the fact that they didn't have a center, but it was also why the team went out and got Montrez Harrell and why they got IT and why they tried to bring in some veterans because this young team really lacked the understanding and the maturity necessary to in my opinion to go out and compete at a playoff level and and I think it showed once again last night
0: all right let's welcome somebody in that always and usually is able to put us in a better mood maybe even with these circumstances Wes Bryant Bally Sports Charlotte Hornets insider completing his first year with that title so awesome stuff happy for Wes we're going to welcome him in in the last segment not before we talk about built bar ah, I did it again Doug the coming up thing <laughs> Sorry.
1: You yeah, play. tell us what's. Play. Yeah, oh, well, you already did. You told us that Wes is coming up.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm so
1: sorry. It might just be a thing on the show. Uh, the coming up, the coming up graphic just not uh, having anything to do with you. Just fire it whenever. This
0: is the time of year I've pretty much given up on trying to get the coming up graphic right, but also <laughs> sometimes the new year's resolutions. Not this year. We're sticking to it. Let's all stick oh, to it together by going to built.com, especially if your new year's resolution is staying fit. If you haven't tried the pups, they're great. The OG flavors are amazing. They're covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also low-calorie, they're high-protein, they're low in sugar, and they're high in fiber. Built Bars are just good for you. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com Wes Bryant going to be joining us next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. You give them the pink to let them know you have the
2: a little bit of a softer side, but you give them the black to let them know it's still real like, out here. <laughs> I just gotta let you know it's still real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. One of the best quotes of the year. Don't run up on me. We still reel out here. It's Wes Bryant <laughs> joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Charlotte Hornets Bally, uh, Charlotte Hornets Sports Insider. Awesome year, first year for Wes wearing that title. It's great to see a uh, you know, complete one year, man. And I appreciate you hopping on with us once again, despite the circumstances of last of uh, last night's loss.
2: Yeah, man, no doubt. It, it was a tough tough way to end the season last night man I had my hopes up I was nervous uh all week after the the, the final game and uh on Sunday man and it was just a very disheartening way to go out uh, for the season I was hoping we could get the win in at ATL familiar territory and then head up to Cleveland and get another one and then take on the Miami Heat but it just didn't work out that way
0: I felt good Doug felt good. Like we, we felt good, at least about the chances you, you knew yeah. Atlanta was going to be a competing. Like, yeah. I felt yeah. like they would
1: go in and compete.
0: Yeah. yeah. I felt good about the chances, right? Like, look, everybody on the ESPN broadcast picked uh, Atlanta. I think Doug and I, we went with Atlanta barely, you know, and, mm-hmm. but we had also talked about Charlotte's offense being good enough to keep them in it defensively. It's not like Atlanta was good. You know, they were good yeah. last night. Charlotte helped them a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and offensively, Charlotte was really poor. Man, just what were some of your takeaways from watching last night and how the Charlotte Hornets got embarrassed for a second straight year? Just no other way to put it. Well,
2: I felt like just, it was just a lot of the things that plagued us, just plagued us last night. I mean, and I hearken back to a lot of things that J.B. just talked about all year in his press conferences, where he just really harped on defense and effort and sense of urgency, and that was the thing last night. Uh, I forgot who talked about it, but they were saying during the broadcast. I think it was Van Gundy who said, you know, after what happened last year in the playoffs or in the play-in, you would have expected the Hornets to come out with this ultra uh, intensity and. Um, just you know defensive effort and just really just coming out uh, with the spark and a attitude of this is not going to happen to us again like even if we lose we're going to lose uh, you know it's going to come down to the wire you're going to have to beat us it's not going to be easy and you know they hung in easy the offense or they hung in early offense wasn't going but just allowing Atlanta too many open looks I think Atlanta kind of had a nice counter for them, uh, you know, trapping Trey and trying to blitz him. And they were finding guys and open shooters were knocking down shots. But again, it was just, you know, just looking for a little bit of just nastiness and just intensity yeah. and just a yeah. not tonight type of attitude from the Hornets from the onset. And I just didn't get that.
1: Did you, did you have a moment, Wes, where you were watching – and you said, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> like you, you said, they, they kind of got out of the gate and they, they struggled a little bit. But yet at halftime, you know, they were they, they ended the half pretty well and it, it seemed like maybe they were going to get back into it. But was there a moment in last night's game where you where you turned to a friend or, or texted a friend and said, <laughs> this is not good?
2: Yeah, um, you know, when they came out of third quarter, you know, they were down eight and a half, I believe. And when they came out third quarter, I knew we had been one of the best second-half teams in the NBA all season. When you're talking about scoring, we have been one of the best clutch teams. You know, uh, when you're talking about offensive efficiency and all that type of stuff. But, you know, I was sitting there with my girl watching the game and I said, Look, man, I said, if it gets to 20, it's a wrap. Okay. Like, it was just the way it was I going. I think DeAndre
0: Hunter, like, did he hit the shot that put it like at either at 19 or 20? Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. the feeling I got, Wes. It's funny. Yeah. Even, like, it's the same it one. Like yeah.
2: Once it hit 20, man, it, and it was just the body language of the team. And it's just like just the intensity and just desire. Just it just didn't look like, you know, it was there last night. And like I said, once it hit twenty, I was like, man, this this is going to be a very tough road to hoe.
0: Off season starts today that's the unfortunate part and it's going to be a huge off season for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, you did have that piece drop from Jake Fisher on Bleacher Mm -hmm. Report talking about some of the things that could happen with the front office, you know, the coaching decision that could ensue if they do change their general manager. So when you look at just personnel wise, and you don't have to talk about individual player, he needs to go, he needs to be signed, whatever, but just overall, what kind of skill set does this Charlotte Hornets team need? Is it just, let's get somebody to defend the rim. And it's as simple as that. Or is there something else that you kind of have in mind to try to address this off season too?
2: Yeah, they need rim defenders, but we also need, you know, just as a team defensively, we need some more guys out there on the wing. It's not just like they're going to get a shot blocker. And it's just going to fix everything. You know, we weren't very good on the defensive end. We were in spots this season. But you got to have guys out there on the wing, too, because you can't just let everybody blow by you and then just go in there and just everybody just going at your center because he's going to be out of the game in, you know, two or three fouls. So uh, they have to find a team that has defensive chemistry uh, that are are better with rotations. uh, But also offensively, they need to also find a team uh, find some guys that can come in and assimilate uh, or also maybe tap into more of some some half-court basketball that they can they can slow the game down, They can kind of quell some of these runs that they go on because the biggest thing I saw from, with us from an offensive standpoint, even though we were elite from the most part, is that we play so fast and it just felt like we only knew how to play one speed. And part of that is because we didn't have necessarily, which nobody in the NBA really plays like that anymore, where they come down and throw it down to a a Shaq or a Ewing type, and they just get them a bucket. But just being able to play in a half-court set and be able to get buckets to slow the game down, because it's like, we've talked about it all year. We just come down and we play fast, 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 fast. And even when teams go on runs and we get cold, we still Mm -hmm. are playing fast, 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 fast. And that comes down and shoot a shot at eight seconds, miss, 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 miss. And the other team is on on fire, especially when you're you're not the greatest defensive team. So it's like you come down and you miss a shot, eight, nine seconds into the clock. You come down, don't have a good defense possession, three. Same thing, come back, three. Come back down, out of you. Come back down, three. Next thing you know, you're down 12 points. Call a timeout, come back out, do the same thing again. Next thing you know, you're down 22,
1: 24. Ball game. Yeah, yeah. that was – there was no there was no doubt they were pressing and and as you were saying whether it's a big man or or whoever they didn't have that release valve this season for their offense it was supposed to be gordon hayward yeah. Uh, but because of Gordon Hayward's injury, they they, you know, were sort of relying solely on Gordon to be that playoff release valve that you absolutely have to have to survive these type of games. And and he was unavailable. And I, I think they have some things to figure out there in the offseason as well. Uh we'll we'll have you on in the offseason to talk about all of that kind of stuff. But really I I would like to know, you know, what you will remember from this season on the court. What are the kinds of things that you'll remember? uh from these uh, the players the mo- if it's a moment, if it's a a development, what will you remember from this season?
2: man, just uh, just for one just you know I'll start with just how crazy it was to me to start out because I guess you guys probably didn't know, man but I was doing podcasts like back before podcasts was a thing like I was doing podcasts like man, at this one, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, maybe mm-hmm. even before that, I started doing it with a buddy of mine. Then it was just me. So I used to do a podcast and stuff like that, man. And I used to, uh, you know, I used to make up commercials and stuff. So i give myself a break. Like I used to do a three hour <laughs> podcast, like Dolo on, on uh blog talk radio, you know, stuff like sure. that. So I think that that's one of insane, the first by things- the way,
0: I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like that's insane. You know, I just want people to realize that like three <laughs> hours solo. I did mean to interrupt, but it's yeah, because man. I want so people low, to understand. Man.
2: Solo, man. I would just write my little notes, you know what I'm saying? And I would just sit down and, and, uh, you know, just, just come up with my stuff and just, just go through my little topics, man. So anyway, I say, I'd have to say, you know, just the first, I would say just the first game sitting on the court, Watching guys warm up and just been like, man, I can't believe how far I have come from, you know, just the hunger and the passion that I've had for so long for this. To be, it sounds on like this you court. need to
1: give the team a pep talk. It sounds like you needed to be in the locker room at halftime, saying, <laughs> "Yeah,
2: man, I mean, it was wild, man. Just the dudes I paid in this business, man. And when we were doing that podcast at first, my boy lived in Apex." I would travel to Apex one weekend and do it. He would come down to the city and we would do it, man. So just the dudes I and just sitting on that court and just being like, man. So that, then just every game, seeing somebody that I knew, whether it be from high school, somebody that I might have went on a date yeah. with. Somebody, that, uh, <laughs> Look somebody Look at me
0: now. <laughs> I made it. Yeah,
2: just see somebody. Uh, oh, and then I would be remiss, you know, my mom and my son seeing me the first game. You know, my son getting to watch me coming on the set, uh, you know, seeing people ask for pictures, stuff like that. Um, But, and then just on the court, man, just all the memories I have from being a kid, going to Hornets games and stuff, and just seeing every game, every night, every team, every player. You know, when I was a fan, I would go to maybe two games a year tops. You know, I would pinpoint games. And then, of course, maybe then, you know the money I was making, I was like, "Well, I can't afford to go to, you know, this game or that game because it might be expensive." And then getting to see everybody, seeing Giannis and Kyrie, and just seeing everybody. But then just on the court, just how exciting the Hornets were this year, man. Just you know, Lamelo's off the 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 under the legs alley oops, and you yeah. know, Ubre going for the the nine threes in the quarter, uh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> you remember that know I'm saying? <laughs> just going ham? Uh, miles, you know, with windmills or the New York game when they did the back-to-back right. windmills with Obi. Memphis, uh, then, the Memphis dunk
1: up. where he reached back. Yeah, yeah. So, there,
2: there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of excited moments, man. And then just you know, this even little stuff. Production meeting, sitting there, you know, hanging out with Dale Curry and Eric and Ashley and everybody, and just. And now, then, you know, what's crazy, too, is that my mom told me, she said, I took my mom to the, we went to see the Pelicans game. It was on Mother's Day, matter of fact, two years ago. And I walked past the set with Ashley and Jarrah, and I I looked at it, and I told my mom, I said, I should be doing that job.
1: Oh, called your shots, he (laughs) said. I did. And my mom told me that. She said. said, you remember, yeah, she said, you remember
2: when we walked past the set, and you said, I should be doing that job? And I said, dang, that's I said, cool. yeah, I said, I guess I do. So, yeah, man, it was a lot of great memories this year, man. Just definitely, yeah, I, I
0: won't forget, man. It was
1: I, a- I will most remember Christian Wood doinking that lady there you go. <laughs> with the basketball. <laughs> that's,
0: that's what you wanted to end that's on? That's what I remember. That's what, that's what Doug wanted to end on. <laughs> that's
1: so um, funny. She's fine. She's true. fine.
0: She's fine. She's okay, even though she wasn't happy at everybody laughing. So she might sue you, Doug. You might have to give her some type of <laughs> care right. package or some kind of swag bag. She Wes Bryant joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You were right, Wes. You should be doing that job. What an awesome year, man. Like you made that Thanks, broadcast I so much that. fun, dude. So much fun. Checking made our in. show
1: so much more I fun. That, I Thank you. you hey, dude, it's insane.
0: That. Like, look, hey, look I'm going to go soft on you. That's fine, man. It's all love. Like <laughs> so much more fun. Happy to see you do this. It's awesome for you to come on our show and be so much more fun because that's how it's been the last two years we've had a chance to yeah. talk with you, whether it be ACC football, whether it be ACC basketball. Now that it's Charlotte Hornets, I'm happy to see you come up, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, stuff. man. No doubt. Go follow this dude on Twitter, the Graham social media. West got range because yeah. he's not done. He's still grinding. He's still covering collegiate no sports in the ACC yep. along with Charlotte Hornets. Wes, once again, appreciate it. Wait, hey, before go we ahead. Before go
1: ahead, we before we go, can we do one more? Can we do one more fire or fizzle? I was about yeah. to
0: say, we got to do at least <laughs> one.
1: Can we do one more? I'll okay. All right. Stretch for me while I get this screen share ready. Okay. okay yeah, here we go. go. So
0: we've got the new graphics. Real quickly, are the graphics fire or fizzle? Like, do you like the new graphics that we got? I do. Cool. I think fire. that's done. All right. Cool. Great. That's what we'll do. All okay, right. Well, here we go. Fire. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. The <laughs> final. The final uh fire or fizzle for the year, and it is if I can get it to fire.
0: Drum roll, long drum roll. There you it's
1: go. It's Wesley, it's
0: Wesley Ooh. Ooh. Look at that. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up, hold Enhance. Wes, did you go to f-
1: wait, you went to Florida? Or what is- no! Yeah, you well, you know, I don't I don't, I don't get the leader don't, in 5G. Get out of here, Ad. You, um, <laughs> Did you, you transfer? Know, so you went
0: to Florida and then transferred away?
2: Yeah, I mean, not to you know go too hard. If you read the bio, you know I was a high school All American, so you can you know <laughs>
0: talk yeah. it, talk it, talk yeah, to us. Yeah,
2: I was a high school All American coming out of high school, so you know I, I had a, a fair amount. Of, I got recruited by a lot of schools. I still have all my mail, all that good stuff. So yeah, I did go to Florida out of high school. Uh, I played with two other guys. It was three of us who we were all highly recruited, but I ended up going to Florida. I was with Spurrier's last team Okay, uh, there before he went to the Redskins. So, yeah, man. But Steve Spurrier came to my high school. Shades, leather jacket, all that stuff. He had a mustard stain <laughs> on his polo. You know what I'm saying? He asked if anybody would recognize him with his shades on at the thing. But with all that said, let me see what all that said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I got a special letter right here. It says, uh, oh, yeah, let's see it. special letter.
0: Okay, let's see it. It says,
2: Dear Doug. Mm-hmm. Bill Walker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a picture of uh, Wes Bryant. Yeah. Okay. And hey, straight fire! That's how we end <laughs> Stadium's a The Nets are yes. the Ball! His fingers! Yeah. I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, I had to give y'all a special. You know, I, bought oh. out. I had to bring out some props. Then. Yeah, I did the phone call. I did the letter. You know what I'm saying? So I had to give y'all a little bit of that, Woo! too, man. That is yeah, so man, deep. but
0: yeah. What? If you can turn this show around after what just took place last night, then the <laughs> sky is the limit. Wes Bryant, straight <laughs> fire and in the regular season and in, you know, unfortunately the postseason here on the yes. lockdown podcast network. Wes, we'll be talking to you again, man. Thanks again.
2: All right, man. Thank y'all fellas, man. Appreciate you. We'll be up
0: soon. As always. All right. Appreciate you guys for listening to us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, L O H, Locked On Hornets, and of course, Westcott Range. Make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcast. We'll do a roundtable tomorrow. I believe David Walker is going to be joining us. I don't know if you call it a fun Friday, but we'll try our best to talk about the Hornet season. And it's going to be exit interviews taking place today and tomorrow. So we'll have a little of that for you as well. That's coming up. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Friday.